All right, there's an hour left in Major League Baseball's trade deadline. We'll be on the air right up to 7 o'clock on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet Radio Network, right up the first pitch as uh, the Jays play their second of four games against the Baltimore Orioles at the Rogers Center, coming off the heels of a 4-2 loss last night. Hyunjin Ryu gets the start for Kevin Barker's Jays tonight. <laughs> Get, uh, they Kyle Bradish starts for my Orioles. 10. Yeah, one more. And we'll have to talk. Uh, so far, the news in the Blue Jays' front uh, revolves around Bo Bichette. According to John Schneider, the Blue Jays' manager, there is no significant structural damage to Bo Bichette's right knee, which caused him the injury to which caused him to leave the game last night. That's good news. Uh, the Jays have acquired Paul DeYoung. I guess I could call him a glove first shortstop, but I think he's got like 13 home runs this year from the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Dan Schulman saying that he thinks this move was made in large measure as a reaction to, to Bo Bichette's injury. Yeah. So the idea, Ross Atkins had said yesterday that the Cardinals and the Jays had talked wider concepts in the Jordan Hicks deal. So who knows, maybe a deal for somebody like Dylan Carlson is still on the table. Hmm. Uh, we've got an hour left before the expiration of the trade deadline. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance. If you're watching us on TV, I'm going to be spending a great deal of time staring at my computer screen here, which is very impolite. So I'm going to apologize in advance, but I'm just trying to keep in track Keep track of uh, the various moves that are made and hopefully not, not get snookered by the several individuals who seem to love running these fake accounts on Twitch. I just don't get. I go, and, go and play with tax and traffic if, if, the, if, if, if you want to do something. Like, seriously. I just, I just, A job would help. Just do something, try that. Do something want. with your life. Uh, <laughs> the latest breaking news surrounding the trade deadline is interesting. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez had been traded from the Tigers to the Dodgers or a deal was in place, but Eduardo Rodriguez refused to waive his no trade clause. He had the Dodgers on his no trade. He must be like the only player in baseball is the Dodgers on on his no trade uh, list, but, uh, he refused to, uh, okay the trade. So Eduardo Rodriguez is still, according to Jeff Passan, is still with the Detroit Tigers, which is intriguing. Uh, we're going to be joined in a few minutes by Dan Duquette, former Orioles general manager. And the reason I, I led with that, because it's interesting, but also because when Dan Duquette was general manager of the Montreal Expos, he had a deal in place with the Atlanta Braves to send Dennis Martinez to the Braves for Brian Hunter. And Dennis Martinez would have joined that real good, really good brave staff, Greg Maddox. Yeah. And Dennis Martinez turned down the trade. And I've told the story often. I saw, I went down to the car park at Olympic Stadium the day the deal was made. And I saw Dennis and his family leaving the car park in his car. And I stopped, known Dennis, and we stopped. I knocked on the window. He rolled down the window. And I said, what's happening? He said, see you tomorrow. Um, okay. And he ended up turning down the uh, the Braves. So stuff like that does happen. Uh, as we wait for Dan to get a reminder, Rock Kabatko will join us. He's the Orioles reporter with Masson. You asked a very interesting point. And I've been kind of, th- or, or question, I've been kind of thinking about this since you asked it, even through through Dan, and I should, probably should have asked Dan. 
uh, Dan Shulman this, but you said if nothing happens, which clubhouse, the Orioles or the Jays, will be the most disappointed? And that's a great question. I, I my initial reaction would be it's it's obvious the Orioles need starting pitching, and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're just young enough and silly enough and good enough that they may just look at this and go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're in first place. We're in first place. Yep. Best team in the American League. Yeah. We're in, we're in first place. Yep. And, uh, you know, the team that we've had difficulty playing against, the New York Yankees, they're just not very good this year. And we've kind of, we jumped over the Rays. We've emerged from a very good pack. And, oh, yeah. And by the way, the Baltimore Orioles have more prospects on the way, so. I don't know. It's an interesting question, though, and uh, we have less than an hour left in the trade deadline, so uh, we should have an answer uh, by the time we uh, go off the air at 7 o'clock. As I mentioned, our next guest is Dan Duquette, former MLB executive and general manager, a longtime general manager. Dan joins us on Blair and Barker. Dan, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to us today. I think I'm right in saying that like the average general manager, you've had some real good trade deadlines and you may have had some trade deadlines that didn't work out exactly the way you wanted. And I want to get to the good one. I want to talk about the the Red Sox, one of the real good ones, the Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek acquisitions. But because of what we just heard with Eduardo Rodriguez turning down a deal hmm. from the Tigers to the Dodgers, um, I, you know, one of the things we don't often talk about is deals that don't get made. And you were general manager. I believe you were general manager when Dennis Martinez was traded to the Atlanta Braves and Dennis turned down that particular deal. Can you just tell us? That's what, true. That's how, true. <laughs> how, often, how often does that happen? Does that happen more often than we know? And, and what do you do in that case? Like, uh, clearly you've got a deal made. Uh, you know, and Brian Hunter was a pretty good return, but the deal's made and then a, a player decides he doesn't want to go. Like, how do you how do you approach that team the next time? How do you approach the player? How do, how do you handle it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think Dennis had an opportunity to go to a pennant race, right? And, Absolutely. And um, Adam Jones did the same thing when I, I was in Baltimore. He was a 10-5 and five man, and he had the right to uh, approve a trade or a transfer of his contract. And, you know, I told him, We'll give you a limo. We'll drive you up there. We'll drive your family up there. It's only for six weeks. Those guys like you, but Adam didn't want to go. But, you know, I mean, if the players earn the right, they, they, they earn the right. But, uh, you know, generally uh, guys will go if they haven't gotten a ring and, and it's, it's really, really important to them. So, but, um, you know, you know, it's really up to the player. Dan, how do you pivot? Like, like Bo Bichette obviously has an injury. You weren't expecting to go out and try and get a veteran shortstop to fill that spot because you need a bat, impactful bat in the middle of your order. And I'm assuming you're trying to bank as many prospects to get that done. And all of a sudden you have to pivot to doing something else to make sure that shortstop positions feel. Is that hard for a GM to do this late into the trade deadline? Yeah, well, that, that's going to be a tough one. First of all, you're not going to find the leading hitter in the other league that plays shortstop, right? Yeah. To, co- to, to come and fill Bo Bichette. So, I mean, there's only one Bo Bichette. He's leading the league in hitting, and he's playing real well at shortstop. Um, and, um, you know, if he's got an injury and you just found out about it, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, you're not going to replace him at this stage of the game. You might be able to get somebody to fill in. Uh, but if you get somebody to fill in, is that going to be enough to accomplish your goals? And 
I'm sure the Blue Jays will do their best to do whatever they can. But, I mean, you know, Bo Bichette's an offensive shortstop that can play and hit for power. I mean, you know, there aren't too many of those guys around to start with. Dan, you you were general manager, you know, in in the 90s and in the 2000s, sort of the advent of social media and and, and Mm. things of this nature. I mean, you've kind of – you've seen – the job of the general manager at the trade deadline change. What was the biggest change you noticed towards the end of your tenure? Was it just, was it just the ease that uh, created by technology or how, how would you describe the biggest change? Uh, well, the biggest change is you can make a trade by text, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can text back and forth with the clubs, but anyway, the, the communication happens a lot quicker and it, it's a lot, uh, uh, it's a lot swifter. And you know, and things travel quickly, and and word gets out. So you so you have to be nimble, and um, you know, I mean, the the trade deadline is a, a time of the year when it forces you know the transfer of players from the clubs that are no longer in contention to the to the contenders, the ones that are going to the pennant. So it should be good for uh, all the fan bases to pursue the pennant, the ones that are in the pennant to keep going. And the other ones, you know, I, I think everybody's acknowledging that their fate has been decided for the season, but it, sh- it should energize the fans where you're adding players and, and hopefully they'll, they'll help your ball club down the stretch. Has technology increased or decreased the chances of kind of paralysis by analysis? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, there's decisive executives, and and they they know what they need for the team, and they're out there trying to get it, and and they're evaluating the cost, right? Uh, I mean, the cost of a lot of these player contracts uh, is pretty significant. There's a lot of teams in the race, right? And you have to give up uh, some good prospects that you don't want to give up in an effort to try to win the pennant, and and that's. Uh, uh, you know that 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 that's a that's the tough decision. But you know, from my my venture, my vantage point, I think you got to go after it when you got a chance because you never know when you're going to have another chance. You know, you got to do so many things right uh, that um, you know you you got you got to give it a shot if you're still in the race at this time of year. What what if you didn't expect you were going to be a first place team on August first, like the Orioles? What do you do then? Well, if I was the Orioles, I would go out and add to my team. But I, I, I think the Orioles are a lot like the uh, Expos when I was the GM, and that is they have more depth in their farm system than anybody. And, I, and when you have that kind of depth in your farm system, I wouldn't be afraid to say, well, we're going to bring up the best players that we can get, and the, the best players that we can get we already got in our minor leagues. And if we think they can help our big league club, we're going to bring them up and uh, put them uh, into the fire, into the pennant race. So now, now, oh, sorry. One, one ahead, more Jeff. thing is, so talent this time of the year is more important in your mind than experience, is what you're saying? Uh, the, there's no substitute for talent. There, 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 there never is. Now, you you might uh, be taking a you might be taking a risk that it will take the talent a little while to get comfortable in the big leagues, but there's no substitute for talent. We brought up uh, Manny Machado in uh, 2012 and we put him out there uh, late in the season and he sparked our club because why? Because he had the talent and he had some serious, serious talent that nobody else had. He played great defense. He got, he got a bunch of key hits for us. And, 
you know, we we, we got to the playoffs. So uh, I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid to bring up the talent the Orioles have because they got a lot of good talent in that farm system. We left them some good talent, and they were able to draft at the top of the draft for five years straight. And it uh, looks like they did a very good job. Yeah, yeah, you made a great point because you were the guy that drafted. You were the GM, I believe, when Grayson Rodriguez was picked. And there's a lot of I mean, there are a lot of your fingerprints all over this this team. You in in, in some ways you got to feel. I don't know. It's vindication the word when uh, the, the general manager is no longer in in that position and sees sees the team improve. Is 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 vindication the feeling, or a sense of pride, or how would you describe it? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. If it was vindication. We had some really good years when I was with the uh, right. Orioles, and I mean, we had some really good years when I was with the uh, Red Sox, and the team did well because we had a good farm system there, and and they used that, they leveraged that for a couple of championship runs. Uh, because we left them some uh, groceries in the cupboard there with a well-stocked farm system. But, you know, Grayson Rodriguez is a good example, Jeff, of the kind of talent that it takes to win the pennant. And there's nobody out there that added a player to their team like uh, Grayson Rodriguez. I can tell you that right now. Now, whether he has the experience to do it down the stretch, we're going to find out. But the other night uh, against the Yankees, he went toe-to-toe with Garrett Cole. And the, the Orioles won a one to nothing game over the Yankees where uh, Batista struck out a guy in the ninth uh, on a 101 fastball and Grayrod struck out a guy in the first and second with a hundred fastball. Yeah. And that, that's something nobody's ever done for the Orioles. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, 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 there's no substitute for the talent and I'd be more inclined to give the young talent a shot uh, to see if they can do it. Uh, it's, it's really not a, it's really not about experience for me. It's more about the talent. What was the best move you made as a general manager at the trade deadline? I mean, I always think of Veritech and Lowe for a variety of reasons. You know, Jason became, I mean, God, Jason became the heartbeat of a bunch of real good teams. But what move would you say you're particularly proud of? Maybe a move that, you know, that the people don't focus on. Yeah, no, there's no other move that compared to have the impact on a team that uh, Veritech and Lowe. Lowe went on to be a top starter. He won every important game for the club, every clinching game. In a I don't playoffs. think he was ever in the IL, was he? And they, yeah, that's exactly right. Him and Javier Vasquez, Jeff, they never spent a day on the, that's right. on, the uh, on the disabled list or the injured list. And that, that that's, uh, you know, the best ability is availability, right? And exactly. those guys were always available for their club. But I, I, I you know. I, I, I was. Uh, I don't have anything even close to that. I mean, I've, I've had some uh, trades that were good, but none that had that kind of impact on a team or an organization. Uh, Dan, the Blue Jays' biggest strength is their pitching. It's obvious. There's not. It's not a question. Offensively, we thought coming into the season that was supposed to be their their strength was their offense. It has not been that. Trade deadline. If you're on the bubble of trying to get a impactful bat and can't do that. Why wouldn't you try and overload your biggest strength, which would be your pitching? Do you do that at the trade deadline, or do you just do a move to say you did it because that is your biggest weakness? Um, I, I think that um, you got to be very careful about having as much pitching depth as you as you uh, can get at the trade deadline because so many of the, so many of the uh, uh, pitchers get hurt, and it's your last chance to uh, stock up on the depth. And you know, if if you can't pick up 
pitching that can help you down the stretch. You you you, you really got to you really got to focus on that. Dan, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight. Great mm-hmm. talking to you again, my friend. Be well. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot. Good to talk to you guys. Take care. Take care. Dan Duquette, former MLB executive and general manager. Uh, he's currently, he is founder of Duquette Consulting, does an awful lot of consulting work for MLB teams and baseball. That that uh, that Boston Red, I mean, you look at those Red Sox teams, Jason Veritek and Derek Lowe. It was like, I, I remember... When the deal was made, it was like, you know, we talk about chemistry, and I'm kind of not always that big in chemistry. But, dude, Jason Veritek ran. He ran that clubhouse during those World Series years. Like, Manny was great. Mm -hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. David Ortiz was great. Pedro Mm -hmm. was great. Jason Veritek was key, though, because that city always had an issue with that. With African-American players, it was not considered to be a particularly friendly market for Latino players. And, and I remember talking to Theo Epstein at the World Series one year, and he gave Dan Duquette credit because he said Dan Duquette opened that market. Bringing Pedro in yep. was a sign to Latino players that Boston's open for business. And the point they always made was tech was just so crucial to it. Because he was the catcher. He was the everyday guy. Yep. He was, you go into the Red Sox clubhouse, I mean, nothing. You had to go past his locker to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the Boston writers telling me one time, we were talking about that clubhouse because Fenway Park, the clubhouse is so crowded and so tight and you're always bouncing into each mm-hmm. other. And I said to him, like, I just don't understand how guys go about doing their business here. He said, you know why they do it? Because they all know tech's watching. They all know they can't really? get away with any because they said they know they know really te- tech is someplace he 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 kind of knows what's going on and if somebody's being a bit of a jackass it's uh, you know he was the one guy that got the C in the uniform I believe I think Dustin Pajoy eventually wore the C as well but Veritech was a huge acquisition for that team yeah that's odd to say. it's odd to hear on a on a team that is that talented that you need a guy basically hovering over you. No, it wasn't to make hovering. Sure it's just you're that doing all the things he was kind of he was kind of the guy that a lot of the stuff went through the kangaroo course of all that stuff. A lot of that <laughs> stuff went through him. Yeah. But uh it was still and he's and, the fun police. Well, is I, what he was. Well he wasn't really the fun <laughs> I, he didn't do a very good job policing. And that was the team that was drinking shots of uh Jack Daniels before that that playoff game against the New York Yankees, I do believe that that was Kevin Millar was on it. Ain't no police in Kevin Millar. I mean, there ain't no police in Kevin Millar, but it was. It's interesting to hear what Dan said about the Orioles. Yeah, I did. That's, that's, yeah, that experience this time of the year is not as big a deal as having talent. I, I mean, the when you listen to him talk there, maybe it makes a little sense. Maybe it'd be better for them not to give up their best talent. Call some of them up. Well, I, why not? Well, I, the, I mean, the only thing is, maybe they just need that one guy the, to, to, that walks in the room that you can hand the ball in game one that you know you is going to give you the start that you're supposed to be getting. Look at the lineup they ran out there last night. Where are you going to improve? I don't think it's about the lineup. No, but, but this is what I'm saying. Where, where, yeah, most of, where most of their lineup? talent is in the lineup. Most yeah. of the talent's in the lineup. Yeah. Where, where are you going to improve in the bullpen? I guess you could use another arm if you want. They got, uh, uh, they've got they got three guys that throw 101 trust, right now. Trust Cano in a, in a big plus. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless it's against the Jays. 
because the Jays seem to, I don't know if they have his number, but they have an inordinate amount of success against him. But I, I, I look at that team and yeah, the one starting pitcher, if you, if you, if you give that team one starting pitcher, they can win the league. Like an Eduardo Rodriguez. Like he is. I'll tell you what. he 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 can pitch against the other really, really good lineups. What will probably happen, and there's 40 minutes before the trade deadline, but now that Eduardo Rodriguez has pulled the plugs on the move to the Dodgers, I wonder if you're Detroit, um, you already have let him know that you're willing to trade him. Yep. You know, Dylan Cease is going to be in play now. If you, the, the the Dodgers need pitching, they 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 cannot. They need in the next forty minutes to get a number two starter. Mm-hmm. Dylan Cease has got to be in play. He's got to be in play for the LA Dodgers. Mm. I wonder if you're the Orioles, if you sit back, and it's almost like musical chairs. At the end of the day, there's these three starting pitchers out there. And there's a couple of them that haven't moved anywhere. Maybe you can strike and get get a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez at, at lower value. And you know, Justin Verlander would have been great, obviously, for him. Mm. He's, go, he's going to Houston. Yeah. But if you go to that young clubhouse and you bring in a guy who's good, but still not necessarily, he's not going to run the show. He's not going to come in as a savior for the Orioles. Lead by example is what the, you're saying. Uh, Six scoreless would help. I'm looking forward. uh, We're going to be joined in a few minutes by Rock Kabatko, who covers the Orioles for Mass. And I'll be interested to see what his take is on this. Um, Because he's close. He's basically embedded with the team. I just wonder if the front office feels like they have to do that. Not not that they want to do it. They probably don't want to give up prospects because of how good their team is. And basically, every time they call one of them. That's what I was going to say. They're they're all really good. Yeah, absolutely. Jordan West. Everybody they call up contributes. they're, They're really good. But. Maybe maybe they have a better feel for their clubhouse and think that they need that veteran guy well, that sort of says, jump on my back in game one. Just, and everybody, all the talent take care of the rest of the games. Back, maybe that's it. It gets back to they've got to cover some innings because you really you, – you, you, you don't want to risk injury to guys like Dean Kramer and, and Tyler – and the Tyler Wells thing, he's so good. And it's obvious it's obvious that his workload is a concern yeah. for them. It's obvious the way they've treated sure. him. They've sent him down to the minors for a quote-unquote reset. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that – well, bad hell, I'll tell you what. Based on, the, based on the Orioles, based on what I've seen from them this year, whatever they're doing, they just keep go ahead and doing it. But I really wonder if they don't strike for a starting pitcher. Maybe. I mean – they're running out of time here. Well, again, 6 o'clock is the trade deadline. And a reminder that 6 o'clock is, well, I was going to say it's, it's basically when they turn the fax machine off at the MLB office. But that's the good old days. That's the good old days. They don't do that anymore. Uh, but any deals made after, made before 6 o'clock uh, will be approved. And they can trickle out after 6 o'clock. So a reminder, we'll be on the air right up to 7, right up to first pitch. Uh, Ross Atkins is expected to address the media at some point after 6 o'clock again, I think a lot will depend on, on, on what's going on. The Jays have already made a move today. They've added Paul DeYoung, a uh, shortstop, to give them a little bit of depth while Bo Bichette recovers from this non-structural uh, damage to his right knee. We know Ernie Clement has a locker spot, which 
could be a matter of simply having him up here to play for a day while Paul DeYoung flies to Toronto. He's not expected to be with the team until tomorrow. We know that Hyunjin Ryu is going to start in 90 minutes, and they still haven't made a roster move to get mm-hmm. Hyunjin Ryu on. It all points to something else, in air quotes, it does. coming down the pipe. We know that the Jays have been connected to Teoscar Hernandez. Salvador Perez, we know that the Miami Marlins have had conversations about Salvador Perez. They just got Jake Berger. Does that mean Sal Perez is off the market? We know there was some suggestion the Jays had interest in Sal Perez. The Royals also have relievers that they might be willing to part with. Of course, Teoscar Hernandez has been connected with the Blue Jays. And the St. Louis Cardinals appear willing to trade just about everybody. And and we know that the Jays have had lots of talks with them because they've acquired Gen- Henesis Cabrera, Jordan Hicks, and, uh, and, and Paul DeYoung from the Cardinals. Could there be another Cardinals move in the works? You look at the Jays. We've talked about the Santiago Espinal. Uh, they haven't touched any of their top pitching prospects. Uh, Nate, Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson's a guy that I think a lot, of, a lot of folks, I mean, I told you a story yesterday. I had a guy with the organization text me when Pearson was pitching and said, enjoy this. Teams which, think he can start. I think that's a plus. I, I think that is too. So yeah. there's a possibility that uh, you may see a guy like Nate Pearson move as well. So uh, it is 525. We are going to break. When we come back, we will be joined by Rock Kabatko. He covers the Orioles for Masson the uh, club broadcaster. The Orioles are out on the field right now taking batting practice. We'll see We'll see if anything's in the pipe for the Baltimore Orioles. It's Blair and Barker, the trade deadline edition on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're half an hour away from the expiration of the Major League Baseball trade deadline. The Toronto Blue Jays have added Paul DeYoung, a shortstop from the St. Louis Cardinals. So far, the biggest news of the day for the Blue Jays is uh, that Bo Bichette's injury may not be as serious as we originally anticipated. Uh, we are, though, fully expecting the Jays to, uh, to, to make another move before the deadline expires. And a reminder that deals quite often uh, are done right up to the last minute and leak out. There have been a couple of items that happened, uh, or a couple of little newsy items, since we last uh, were on the air. We talked about Eduardo Rodriguez turning down a deal to the L.A. Dodgers. According to Mike Puma of the New York Post, uh, Tommy Pham just stuck his head into the manager's office and left in street clothes. Tommy Pham is a uh, an outfielder who has been rumored to be uh, on the trade block. There has been some connection between him and the Jays. Don't know how serious it is. Uh, and uh, the White Sox are getting Luis Patino. And... In the Seattle Mariners clubhouse, Colton Wong is saying goodbye to teammates. Huh. So there you go. Uh, Colton Wong. Mm. I, 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 again, this is at, at this time of the day, on this particular day, lineups are, lineups have been set. But, I mean, you know, for example, Santiago Espinal is starting for the Blue Jays tonight at shortstop. But, I mean, that can change. 
So uh, there's a lot going on right now in clubhouses around baseball. There, there was a great shot on uh, MLB Network of the uh, Philadelphia Phillies out on the field, and they're all <laughs> they're all on their on their on their iPhones um, as waiting for news. Apparently, uh, the Orioles are in town for a four game series. They won the first game four two last night. Their second game. Tonight at 7.07, I want to get right away to Rock Kabatka, Orioles reporter for Masson, because who the hell knows what's going to happen in these next 20 minutes. Rock, you know, it's funny. We, I mean, I, both Barker and I look at this team, and we're saying just one starting pitcher, and, I mean, I, they're already the best team in the American League, one veteran starting pitcher, and... You're talking World Series. You're talking World Series. Yeah. Maybe not winning, but going to it. Yeah, it is interesting the position they're in where... They're a playoff team no matter what they do, and I think they take that into account now in these talks, but it is about how deep can they get into October. That's what all of this is about. Because as you said, best record in the American League with the team they have now, and they're not going to have to likely trade from that 26-man roster, and why would you? It's just you have the number one farm system in baseball. That seems like a pretty big bargaining chip, but we're still waiting right now. I'm scrolling Twitter as we speak. Mike Elias made it a stated goal, pitching. And that's a starter. It's also bullpen help, which might be the most important thing right now because they, you know, they've got the dominant back end. Except that Yenier Cano, as you saw last night, yeah, he's, you know, he's he's looking a little tired right yeah. now. And you know, you pitched the night before with a six-run lead, and you bring him back out the next night. Felix Bautista is going to be getting some Cy Young votes, but you have to worry as well about his innings count. Because uh, he wore down last September and ended up on the IL, so you know, and they need to strengthen that bridge to get to those guys. So, you know, in 2014, they traded for Andrew Miller and took a very, very good bullpen and made it dominant, made the ALCS. So that is a strategy, shorten the games, but they're still looking for starting pitching. It's just so many guys are falling off the board now. It obviously makes you wonder, okay, what's the holdup? I mean, is it just guys that Michael Ice is hesitant to part with, or teams asking for too much because they see? number one farm system in baseball, and maybe the Orioles are a little bit, you know, desperate and are willing to do, you know, go outside their comfort zone a little bit because here they are finally contending and, and in first place and, you know, likely a playoff team. But so far still nothing has happened. Uh, Dan Duquette, I just asked him, he was just on with us a few minutes ago, and I, and I asked him this time of the year, would he rather have talent or experience? He said he would always rather have talent. Sounds like the Orioles are wanting that experience to, is there anybody in their minor league systems that's really close they could call up that would have more talent than they could go out and get that has experience? I mean, the thing is, pitching wise, it, not really now. I mean, it's it's more of the you know the top prospects are the position guys, and you know DL Hall, you know their best pitching prospect mm-hmm. is just getting back to AAA, and he had been on a, a strengthening program in Sarasota, and then was in the Florida Complex League. He showed up with a back injury in spring training. And right now they're thinking he may end up being more of another bullpen guy in September like he was last year. So really to address the rotation, you've got to go out and get a guy. And Tyler Wells was just optioned to double A, and he's kind of having a a shutdown reset. They're going to have him work out their pitching lab in Bel Air, Maryland, and they get him back starting for Bowie, and that keeps him close to to Baltimore. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious there's that giant hole in the rotation. The only guy that could fill it internally, it looks like, would be Cole Irvin, lefty who's in the bullpen right now so uh it really if helps coming it's coming from the outside and and we assume it's still going to happen a water rodriguez is still out there and 
purportedly invoked his 10-team no-trade clause if he didn't want to go through the hell of pitching for the Dodgers. Whatever <laughs> that's all about. Who the hell wants to live in California and pitch for the I'm, Dodgers and maybe have Shohei as yeah. a teammate? I'd rather be in Detroit. I'd rather be in Detroit, that's, damn it. That, that's why you get the no-trade clause, so you can't be bullied to go pitch for the Dodgers. But that's a guy that's, you know, it could, it could be a reunion because obviously, you know, he started out in the Orioles system. Uh, Rock, look, I mean, Adley Rutschman is Adley Rutschman. He's a great player. Um, but I, you know, watching Gunnar Henderson and, and watching him in that series in Tampa and, and you know, seeing him here, I get the impression Gunnar Henderson, that at some point in the next five to ten years, he's going to be getting some MVP votes, even though Adley Rutschman is really, really good. Gunnar Henderson, is he may not be that far behind, is he? He isn't, and you look at what he offers. You know, he's a plus defender at short and at third base, and are just kind of deciding, you know, let it sort of happen organically where he settles in. If he does settle in one spot, he doesn't have to right now, but it's not like Corey Mateo is the long-term guy at shortstop. They've got Joey Ortiz. If he isn't packaged in a trade, he is a plus-plus defender at short, and he's tearing up AAA. He could be a everyday shortstop next year, and Gunners at third or Gunners at short. They've got Jordan Westberg. There's a lot of ways they can go with it. But he, he is just a tremendous athlete, you know, just very toolsy and was a little bit of a project when they drafted him at a, uh, an Alabama high school uh, that, you know, there were some, he was a little raw, but they knew that the tools were there and they were, were not sure he would still be there for them when their turn came around again. They were thrilled to get him and he advanced much quicker than they thought he was going to. And yeah, I mean, he's a dynamic player. Then you look at, you know, Jackson Holiday. He's the top prospect in baseball, and he's mm. moved up three levels. He's, he's a double-A and playing very well. And it's not inconceivable. He ends up at triple-A by the end of the season. He's in the majors next year. So, I mean, this is exactly what Elias envisioned, that talent pipeline. So they've got, And they've got so much depth that you can trade from it. It's just how many of these guys, and, and Holiday is untouchable, by the way, and so is Henderson. But how many of these guys do you want to part with, Ortiz, Connor Norby, Heston Kierstad, the second overall pick in 2020. Uh, you know, Colton Kowser is in the majors now. You go up and down the line. There's, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, I assume, is untouchable. But, you know, they, it's a very deep system. So you know, the whole idea is you can either use these guys to help you or to strengthen your, you know, your team via trade and package some of them. And, and I think that's, you know, probably what Elias is still trying to do as we're reaching the deadline. But Gunnar Henderson is the guy that they wouldn't dream about moving. Rock, every time I, I think about the Orioles and a really good team, I think of Austin Hayes. Every good team needs a Hayes on their team. Like the diving play he made last night. He didn't get a hit last night, but he's a competitive out. He runs the bases the way he's supposed to. He dives and makes those big-time plays. How's he turned himself into this? Yeah, I mean, he's always had the tools. It's just been health and he still hasn't really put together a full healthy season which is what they've been waiting on from him and you know he had a great first half and we were talking about he was worthy of all-star consideration he's kind of tailed off some but at least he's avoided the il and uh you know he was the guy that i think they got in the third round at a jacksonville and you know this is the, the previous regime this is dan duquette's regime mm-hmm. that was able to bring him in and, and again a very toolsy guy plus defender and they really love him in left field and that reconfigured Camden Yards, obviously, with that weird 90-degree angle. and It's like a second center field. So uh, it's always just been about keeping him healthy. He's had so many kind of quirky injuries. He, he avoided the I.L. last year, but he played hurt, for sure. He had a wrist injury, suffered in Chicago, making a diving catch. 
game saver last night, that catch. I mean, I've re- watched that replay 50 times and still know how he got to that ball. Uh, tremendous athlete. So he's, but again, they're just hoping they can get, you know, the same kind of good first half and second half and put them together. That's been the only thing with him. He just has not had that one big full season yet. Well, what do you think if they don't do anything at the trade deadline? What do you think that does to the clubhouse? Anything? I think I disabled my Twitter account because fans <laughs> are going to lose their minds. I mean, the clubhouse is fine with that. These guys are yeah. like, we have great chemistry. We love each other. But again, you know, for the most part, you're not subtracting anybody in a trade. But if you bring somebody in, someone does have to go, obviously, to make room for them. But they think they're set just as they are. Uh, you know, Kyle Gibson has said, look, I get it. You know, if you can bring in somebody who's considered an upgrade and helps you and makes you stronger, then you, you understand that. But they think they have got a really good thing going right now. And if they don't make a deal, guys are going to just shrug and say, OK, fine. It's not going to be like in some past years where I've seen where they make a big move. And some guys are like, you know, other teams are doing it. Why aren't we? And, you know, whatever. They love the group that they have. And, again, best record in the American League. It's just a question of is that rotation going to hold up with all these guys reaching or already surpassing their previous highs for innings? And when you get to a, you know, short series in the postseason, you see teams rolling out a couple guys who are like ones and twos, and the Orioles don't really have that. Is that going to come back and bite them? Rock, we're going to let you run, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It's getting close to 6 o'clock. Hopefully you've got something to write. If not... 18 minutes. Yeah, if not, man, disable that Twitter account because the <laughs> Orioles fans are going to be... They're going to be... They are not going to be happy. But you know what? I'm, I will I'm say invoking this. My no, I'm invoking my no Twitter clause. There you go. I was going to say this. If they're not happy, just tell them to suck it up and watch Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson. And know, know that if they were Yankees fans, they'd be pining over... Yeah, you know, Anthony Volpe and whoever the hell the Yankees are going to Could be worse, my friend. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Be Thanks well. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Rock Cabaco covers the Orioles for Mass, and you can follow him on Twitter. You're going to, because, folks, you're going to be hearing about the Orioles for the next 10 years. You can follow him on Twitter oh. at Mass and Rock. And that, that you know, you asked the question, and, and Rock made a good point. It's, you know, sometimes you're just so young and foolish you don't know better. Yeah, it gets down and to who gets the ball in game one. That's the th- that's the thing you got to ask yourself, right? You got a good team. You got a good regular season yeah. team. Is it a playoff team? That's what you got to ask yourself. Because well, that's, that's where that really good – ask the Astros. That's where that really good pitching comes oh, in that's a great and point. timely hitting and great defense. But you need that one-two punch, right? And they really don't have that. And I think that's where if you're realistic – and you're looking at this team as an Orioles fan and in your organization in the front office, you got to say, who gets the ball in, in game one? Well, they really have that guy. You know, and then you also, you look around, you look around the the American League, and you know, if you, you look at the playoff teams, if you, if you face the Jays at some point, you're going to get Kevin, you're going to get Kevin Gossman. Yeah. Facing the Rays, you're going to get two or three guys. Facing Texas, you're going to get basically everybody who's won a Cy Young Award in the last four sure, years. Yeah. Um, who else am I thinking of? Houston. Houston Houston's going to run Rambert out some pitching Valdez. at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, Verlander anybody now? in the Central? Yeah, you know, maybe depending who's coming out of the Central. No, let's forget about the Central. But the point is, you're going to have you're going to be running into good starting pitching if you're the Orioles. And, Game and one's is, important. And it would concern me that. You're already in a position 
in August where you are really, you know, you're having to watch innings for guys. We didn't even mention, again, well, we mentioned it, but Dean Kramer's another guy who has been really good, but you got to watch, you've really got to watch those innings. And I forgot about D.L. Hall, their top pitching prospect. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, he may help them, he may help them out of, out of the bullpen. But yeah, it just feels like, doesn't it feel like the Orioles will do something? They wouldn't have done it already? What, what are well, they waiting this on? Is, yeah, this is the biggest series of the year. What are they waiting on? I mean, they th- look, they know they can, They well, at least they think they can beat the Blue Jays anywhere because they've done it. Well, the Blue Jays, one and six this year against yeah. the against the Orioles. They're, they're, they haven't been good. And in the American League East, they've stunk. So I, I think it's not that. It's down the stretch of giving you those quality starts, taking away innings from younger guys so you don't have to make adjustments and send a dude double-A when I'm sure you didn't want to do that, mm-hmm. right? So that's sort of, I think, where they're at. And they got a really good team. Do you want to waste that? It's, you may not always have a good team. Like, it's they're having a good season. Well, they Is it a sure thing they're going to have a good season next year? Probably the Yankees will be it's, better. The Red Sox will be better. The Blue Jays are going to be right there. The Rays are the Rays. So it's not going to be the easiest thing. And you're not going to fall under the radar anymore. It You're not is, gonna sneak up on nobody. It is fifteen minutes before the expiration of the trade deadline. Have we seen a Jays lineup yet? We have not seen a Blue Jays lineup yet. We do know that Santiago Espinal is expected to start at shortstop uh tonight. We know I will do a little reset. Uh, again, the news is going to come fast and furious. And keep in mind, the 6 o'clock just means that basically the office says anything done after this, the MLB office says anything done after this doesn't count. So you will see mm-hmm. a, uh, a flurry of trades. And some of those trades, frankly, may still need medical, uh, may still need medicals involved in, this, in them as well. Mm-hmm. This much we know about the Blue Jays, though, today. Uh, they have a game at 7 o'clock. Their lineup is not yet out. Bo Bichette left last night's game with right knee irritation. John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, saying an MRI was taken. There's no significant structural damage. There is swelling. He is day-to-day. Bo Bichette is day-to-day. They will have to re-examine it again. We know that the Jays have brought up Ernie Clement. He has a locker in the clubhouse at the Rogers Center. We know they have traded for Paul DeYoung, a defensive first shortstop play a little bit of second base, got a little bit of power. They've acquired him from the St. Louis Cardinals. He is expected to be in town tomorrow. And indeed, he and his wife have just basically tweeted out, I can't wait to get the Canada tweet. So there you go. Nice. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, and that's where we are. That's where we are right now. We fully expect, I think it's safe to say, the Jays yeah. to do something else. We expect to see another bat in here. The Jays have been linked to Teoscar Hernandez. Of course, so have the Minnesota Twins uh, and, and a couple of other teams as well. But again, um, nothing has transpired. I guess the, the newsiest deal of the day was Justin Verlander going back to Houston. The second newsiest thing was Eduardo Rodriguez deciding that he liked Detroit more than L.A. and turning down a trade to the Dodgers, exercising his uh, no-trade clause to nullify a trade to the Dodgers. And he, I, I've got to think that Eduardo Rodriguez, I mean, good grief. If you're the Tigers, you've already told them, basically, we're willing to trade you. Yep. You would have to think that he would still be, that he would still be on the market. And um, there's still a lot of chatter around Dylan Cease of the White Sox being available. I'm just kind of quickly refreshing Twitter here as I speak. 
And I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of where we are up to now. Um, I'll let's just, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this, Kevin, your perfect world. What does Ross Atkins do? Not in the next 12 minutes because he'll have stuff done that hasn't come out yet. What would your expectations be? You're Kevin Barker. You're playing for the Blue Jays. You're in that clubhouse. What are your expectations? Yeah, yeah. look, I, I think the Cody Bellinger, that was the expectation. If you don't bring Cody Bellinger in as Quick a Quick interruption. Tommy Pham has been traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Tommy Pham, yeah. a, uh, an outfielder yeah. who uh, had been linked to the Blue Jays. He is off to the Diamondbacks. Teoscar Hernandez still very much in yeah, play. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys. He's sitting somewhere around 280 with runners. You talked position. about it, He's yeah. going to give you that competitive at bat that we talk about, right? He's, you know, he's not a great hitter, but he's going to compete. Not that's a great what defender. You want. You're not, uh, yeah, but that's not what they're wanting there. They're wanting that guy that can come off the bench and maybe face some lefties and give you a competitive he at bat. He would have been a nice inning. platoon maybe with Dalton Varsho. Absolutely. So, you know, I'd, who knows about the clubhouse thing and all those things, how that would come into play. So, yeah, look, I... It is intriguing if you just bring in a name. Is that enough for the clubhouse for the Blue Jays? I really don't think it is. Mark Feinsand, there is growing buzz that the White Sox may trade Dylan Cease in the next 10 minutes per sources. Dodgers and Orioles seen as favorites. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So if you're the Chicago White Sox, you've got the Dodgers who basically just had their faces, just had it rubbed in their faces yeah, yeah. by Eduardo Rodriguez. And you got the Orioles with the farm system to end all farm system. If if you're the White Sox right now, you're, I mean, you've got to seriously, seriously consider moving Dylan Cease. Well, I'm sure they're trying to do that. They're trying to get the, the most value they can get out of him. I'm not sure he moves to that much of a needle for the Orioles. Oh, my goodness. Does he? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, 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 I think, I mean, he's. He's a horse. Oh, Ken Rosenthal. Now, let me just check that this is Ken Rosenthal, the legit Ken Rosenthal. Uh, 1.4 million followers would appear to be it. Orioles close to acquiring Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. Sources tell yeah. the Athletics. So there is a guy. Well, they're doing. They're doing just enough. Yeah. Correct. Like that's not that's not a wow. Look what we got. But it's, it's just enough. And you know what? It'll and it's be, probably better, a little bit better than what you got yeah. now. Yeah, a little you, bit better. And you know what? In that clubhouse, they're going. Hey, you got us. I was. And, and don't forget. What we got. And they also they also added. Uh, oh, the reliever throws a hundred from Oakland. Lopez. And no, no, no. no, no a uh, Japanese reliever from the uh, Orioles that throw or from Oakland to throws a hundred. They added him a couple of days ago. Um. Oh. Got a brain cramp. Anyhow, it's, uh, I mean, everything is, it's all just kind of running together here. Uh, and now Jeff Passon saying the Orioles are finalizing a deal for Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals. So it is going to come, as I said, fast and furious. There you go. Uh, the Athletic as well. Well, that is Ken Rosenthal. The Orioles are close to acquiring Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. What time do we have to break, by the way, Andrew? Fifty-four, fifty. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Fujinami, thank you. Uh, who throws a hondo? And uh, hondo, a hondo, a hondo. Uh, they, they do have a lot of. Uh, they do have a lot of high octane at the back end of that. Uh, at the back end of that rotation or back end of that bullpen. So the Orioles have a TBC down for possible starter on Thursday. 
that would likely, I, when did Flaherty pitch last, Mark? I mean, I would guess that would probably be an area he would figure in. So now you're looking at a, you're looking at a rotation of possibly Jack Flaherty, Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bra- uh, Bradish, Dean Kramer. Uh, you got the dude that went last night, Kyle Gibson. You've got Tyler Wells down getting that reset in the minors. Uh, again, I, I, I think you're right. This is, again, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see what the cost is. But if the Baltimore Orioles come out of this with a guy that means you're not going to have to be running some some young guy out on fumes yeah. in August, you'd have to be thrilled yeah, if you're been, an Orioles player. He pitched the 26. He's had, he's been really good too in July. He's three and one with a little ERA of a little over three. He's got uh, 32 hits and 29 and two thirds. He's given up four homers. He's got 10 walks and 26 strikeouts. Like he's turning the corner a little. Right, the breaking ball's better, the location's better. Looks like he has a little bit more snap on the heater. Look, it's, it's sort of filling in the blanks. It's not eye popping, and you still don't who's game one. But now they may have a couple. They may have a couple of guys. Yeah, that could follow a game one. Right, you could piggyback a game one. Like they're piecing it together. You got to give them that. That's better than what they had. So we are going to take a break. There will be a ton of stuff happening coming out news-wise in the next six minutes. The trade deadline is at 6 o'clock. The Baltimore Orioles have added Jack Flaherty, the Jays. We still expect them to do something. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Caleb Joseph. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Sportsnet. 